0: The news that matters. Light breakfast, front page.
1: And today we have with us veteran journalist Pakaran Krishnan to discuss the biggest and latest news pieces that affect us here in Malaysia.
0: Now let's get to our first article. Um, in your opinion, with the Sri Pataling cluster now over, how safe are we now that the pandemic is relatively under control?
1: Oh uh, that's a key word: relatively under control. You're right. We all are happy. If, for example. Three days running, we have not had any local cases. Zero. We have had a few imported ones, I think, and and I think there have also not been uh, many or hardly any cases involving foreign workers. But these are our danger zones, right? Mm. Foreign workers and imports. So we are on the right track. But then again, I don't think we should celebrate. We should jump, you know, and say should be gung ho about it. Let's go. We are. We are on. You know. We're back to normal because we have seen enough damage done with such attitudes abroad. Many countries are struggling because of this uh, attitude. Uh, we have India, Brazil, uh, even some Asian countries that had second waves, which were very unfortunate. Um, so I think until a vaccine is found and tested successfully, we should all just. Follow the SOPs. I mean, I'm with the government on this. We have to be strict. But there has to be uh, more monitoring, I think serious monitoring of uh, imports and foreign workers. Mm. So it's not over yet. We are not out of the woods yet. We must bear that in mind. Yet.
0: Yeah, don't throw away the mask yet.
1: That's right. But but then I I don't want you guys to notice. I noticed that many of them are not wearing their masks. Yeah. Yet. But is that okay? I mean, I'm guilty of it because when I go to certain places, I take a mask and I see... 90% of them not wearing a mask, then I I, th- I showed me the you know, the odd one out, so I put it in my pocket and just walk around. Uh, many of them are doing this, but I don't know whether it's right because the government itself has said it is optional. Yes. Right. You guys, right? Uh, I
0: wear it. I wear it because uh, I just want to protect myself. Correct,
1: yeah. And I'm paranoid, so I, I like to wear it all the time anyway. <laughs> right. And 20, we're keeping you know. a
0: safe distance even in the studio. <laughs> one meter, man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's right. So I think we all should be on our guard, yeah.
0: Alright, this next article, uh, Barisan National Secretary General Tan Sri Anwar Musa actually said that state governments under Pakatan Harapan reserve the right to not dissolve their assemblies even though the federal government is dissolved for a snap election. Well, our understanding is that a state assembly will have to be dissolved when a new government takes over. But why is this not the case?
1: Uh, I think it's not the case legally Now we have our federal and state constitutions which are pretty clear on this. It does not mean that there's any change in government other than by voting we we're talking of backdoor and uh, changing numbers and you know so this requires no change. The state constitution clearly states that I mean any election or a snap election has to be called with the advice of the chief minister or the monthly to the governor or the sultans. So that is very clear. Okay. It is, it is the same with federal government. I mean, the federal government had not experienced this. We are doing it for the first time. I think we'll talk about it later. But uh, we have had a few precedents on this, like the Farak government in 2008. Uh, it fell to the opposition. Then, which was Pakatan Rakyat, consisting uh, of DAP, PAS, and PKR, which won by a one-seat majority. And then you had the usual frogs jumping And and the government fell, you know, it was a huge hue and cry, but they they did not call for a re-election because Mm -hmm. the the government that took over by default was sworn in. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Montreal said decided that you don't need a re-election. So uh, I think as long as they're in a comfortable position, for example, now, if there's a snap election at federal level, Penang is pretty stable with a two-third majority by ruling party, similar in Selangor. So why should they call for a re-election? It's because the federal government was re-election. They've got a respective state constitution. If you remember Sarawak, Sarawak does not have simultaneous elections with the federal level. They're always mm, different. Mm. And it's actually due next year, I think, if I'm mistaken. So mm, mm. It's, that's that's the law. Mm. So And I think it's it's right of the current opposition, uh, current federal opposition governments like Pe- uh, sorry, Penang and Selangor I mean, why should they want to also call for snap elections and put pressure on themselves in the state? They can, you know, uh, consolidate their strength and support the federal government in the snap election, forgetting about the state, except for the parliament seats. Yeah.
0: Alright, water woes again in the Klang Valley, 290 areas across five regions. Petaling, Klang, Gombak, Kuala Langat and Kuala Lumpur uh, will have water disruption for four days from July 14. And uh, I'm just thinking, why does the Klang Valley constantly need upgrades to its systems, which results in water cuts, whereas states like perak. They don't even seem to experience water cuts. Is it just a case of bad water management on our part?
1: Okay, uh, you're right, it's happening one too many times. I don't know whom to blame, actually. If you go back to history, we have to blame it on the previous governments as well. Uh, That included the Parisan government when they ruled Selengor, and also Pakatan when they took over 12 years ago. You see, first of all, the the usage. One quarter of the Malaysian population that uses water happens to be in in the Klang Valley. Mm. Uh, which means that's about what we have 32 million one quarter would be like 8 million 8.3 million so uh, you have a water pipe network of six thousand kilometer long in slangong. and this were all installed probably what decades ago and, and they use asbestos and and so a lot of it is because of burst pipes pipe leakages because of the pressure of, of the usage Uh, The number is increasing. Uh, They managed to replace, I think, about 4 and 22 kilometers or something like that in 2017. But but there has not been any systemic plan from those days to realize that this could happen because of the uh, consumption rate and also the age of the pipes. You also had this pollution, the frequent pollution of uh, treatment plants Mm -hmm. where you have illegal factories, illegal waste dumping. uh, You have uh, diesel spills all this sort of thing also happens and there was also an element of sabotage then there was a political sabotage and that's what happened so because the other factors like burst pipes by third parties like Tanaga you know uh, those who repair road works companies Mm. LRT construction MRT construction so all this has contributed to the uh, really frequent water disruptions and I think they have to have a serious plan to stop this once and for all. It's becoming a, a nuisance actually. Yeah, because 40s it's a long time. I know I Malaysians hate it when we uh, compare to places like Singapore, but they have no natural water sources. In fact, they, some some of the times they, they buy water from us, yet they have no issues with water supply to their people yeah. basically. Yeah, but you must understand they also have a very small network of water pipes. Mm. So it's easier to maintain, uh, but give it to them. I mean, I mean their technocrats are better in terms of, forward planning, expecting these kind of things to happen. I mean, it's quite natural. The, the pipes will, will not last forever. Yeah. So where, where was the planning 40 years ago? Mm. No one was doing it. So they should address it.
0: Alright, let's move to our next article. Uh, Pakatan Harapan leaders had criticised uh, Prime Minister Muhyiddin's bid to remove Muhammad Arif and his deputy Nga Ming from chairing Dewan Rakyat sittings. And they have also said that uh, removing a speaker was unprecedented as the post was normally vacated after a general election. So constitutionally, is the appointment or nomination of Ad Harun and Azalina legal? And why this sudden appointment?
1: You say it's unprecedented. Yes, it is. But we are also in an unprecedented situation where the change of government happened. Mm. Previously, we had 13 elections. And after every election, Barisan won. And they kept on appointing uh, their nominee. But when this happened, this change was unprecedented. A government maneuvered and came in through the other way. So the Pakatan Harapan government had nominated the current speaker in 2018, Uh, Although he was a former judge and is said to be independent, and I must give it to him, he was a very good speaker, intelligent, smart, and very much in control of of all uh, happenings in parliament. But he was a political nominee. He's a member of AMANA, Mm. which is a coalition of Pakatan Harapan. So legally, only a parliament can change a speaker. And uh, when can he change a speaker? There are several uh, reasons why they can do it. When the House meets after a general election for the first time, and then when the Speaker ceases to be a member of the House, or when he's disqualified under some constitutional clause, or, or if the House resolves at any time to change the Speaker, or when he becomes incapacitated, uh, whether by death or, or other, other ways. But right now, I think the fourth clause is the one where the House is going to resolve that he has to be changed. So the motion will have to be put to vote and see who has the majority. And uh, if he wins, then he remains. But I think going by convention, like uh, a state assembly uh, in Perak, I go back to the, uh, 2008 election where the government fell after a year or what and the speaker had to be changed, but the speaker refused to leave. He wanted to continue with the proceedings, but he was dragged out by the security uh, people in, in the State Assembly. Wow. So we do. are we going to have the situation now? But this is a very decent speaker we have. He's not going to hang on stubbornly there, knowing that people are watching. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he might want to give in to what the Prime Minister or the Perikatan National wants. They can't be having parliament with a speaker from the opposition taking charge, you know what I mean? Although it would be an ideal situation for Malaysians, yeah. having different sides. So I think it's le- legally a precedent as well. It's, a, it's going to be a legal precedent.
0: Let's get to our final news article. Now, the Perikata National Government, led by Prime Minister Tan Sri Muhyiddin, may call for snap polls as early as this year or 2021. Um, this is what Datuk Sri Muhammad Azmin Ali said, right? Now, in your opinion, Paki, is now a good time for the Perikata National Government to call for a snap poll?
1: Personally, I have some opinions, but generally, the, the opinion tends to vary. Uh, okay, let's talk about the political parties. I think i and PAS in past wanted badly for obvious reasons. I think they suddenly feel they're super powerful and they, they can have the majority in any snap election. But Satu is a bit reluctant because they are having issues internally and also against the component parties in Perikatan. Pakatan Harapan definitely does not want it because their drive now is to get back our mandate. And I think they'll be in trouble if the snap election is held because of the other side, which has gone, which uh, has got together very well. So all these parties and leaders have the selfish reasons. And do, they do not care about us, you and me, Bell, JD, who has that one important vote to give them to stay in power. It's all about power and positions. While we say this, there are several uh, economies who are not politically uh, aligned who says calling for a snap election is not a good idea because they feel that it is the last thing that Malaysia needs right now because we just went through a tough one two years ago and then it was quite bruising as well, if you remember, because of the regime change uh, when people traded their mandate. I think right now it's crucial for policymakers to remain focused on efforts to get the economy back on track. I think we know what's happening. We have a A million people have lost their jobs and more are expected to lose. Wages are being cut. So in light of this political mess we are in, calling for a snap election cannot be a viable option in my opinion. But there's some feel that there's this uncertain political situation and although it was brought about unreasonably by the current Qatar National, let's decide once and for all who has a right to be in power. Uh, Because you must understand we need investors. Investors look at political stability as one of the key factors. Otherwise, you just pull out. I mean, why why they want to spend their time mm-hmm. here worrying about us when they need to make the money? We need to survive. So if you call a snap election, it's going to take a couple of months or maybe two or three. And then because of the COVID, you need to have new SOPs. So, so it's going to be a huge planning process. It's going to strain everyone, the people, the government, the businessmen. So I think uh, we should... Not have a snap election for the moment. We should go on with this, and the leaders should sit down and, and can go to the ground and see what's happening. Actually, for for now, I know people are saying that the rightful mandate was taken away unfairly. Yes, but let's get out of this COVID situation, and then we really plan for a snap election.